How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brew the podcast where we've married our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am JT Matthews. You can find me at JT Matthews01 on Twitter. And uh, I'm here with the doctor, Nicholas Manning, at DR underscore N Manning on Twitter. And later we're going to be joined by John, super producer, co host, uh, John Cronenberg at John KNFL. Right now it's me and the doc. Uh, doc just went to Vegas. He just got some new ink. You're healing up decently over there? Yeah. You know, um, I don't want to say that men take pain better than women, <laughs> but uh, my wife's having a harder time with it than me. Just I saying. mean, <laughs> in her defense, I think arm armed versus ribs. Oh, it was terrible. I, yeah, I had my rib. I don't know if you recall, but I came back from my brother's wedding in Alabama. The yeah. moonshine capital of the world. <laughs> Blew back the next day. I felt surprisingly okay for uh, for that kind of wedding. And then landed, went straight to the tattoo shop, got my ribs tattooed, met you and your yeah. wife and our mother-in-law for uh, Game of Thrones. Yep. I recall. And uh, that was, <laughs> was rough. And yeah. <laughs> hers was much more intricate than my rib tattoo, that's for sure. But, uh, but yeah. Feeling up okay. She is less tender today than yesterday. That's uh, good. Today it feels like, uh, like I think like a, like a sunburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a little tight, but like I'm fine. You know, yeah. and it's not like if if you hit it, it hurts, but I'm not like I'll be fine. But for, right, if right. I hit her in the rib, it'd be like, yeah, <laughs> you never go. Bad, but they bad look good. Yeah, my man Josh. Josh did a great job. Anyone goes to Vegas needs a needs a guy who does some good work. Um, charges a good price for it. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to skimp on. It's on your body forever. Yeah, so you don't necessarily want a discount, but you don't want someone that overcharges you when they're not that great. Uh, he did a good job. He did a good job. So I was I'm happy with it. It was a good birthday for her. Got some ink for me. Well, I'm glad y'all got some chill time. Yeah, because it's been—I uh, don't know—around here it's been it's been busy. So, 
Yeah, you gotta zoom, man. Jeez. We'll uh well we'll get back to normal eventually someday. I just don't know when that day is, so and who knows at this point, right? Like what's normal even? Right. No one knows, but uh no knows. You know what is we normal? Are... You, yeah, real is, quick. Nicole Jokic dropping Oh my gosh. All the discourse today, I can't I I'm I'm not gonna get into all of that, but it's been this whole MVP conversation has gotten out of hand, is all I'll say. It's yeah. Uh Kendrick Perkins. I, I am, you know, I am fully aware of the discord that happens and why guys get preferential treatment versus others. Sure. This is a huge issue in the United States and throughout sports. Nikola Jokic being uh uh, MVP because he's white is not one of them. Um, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki is a Hall of Famer. I do believe that Steve Nash is a Hall of Famer. I don't know for sure. I'm not going to lie. But I, I would assume, assume some. I don't yeah, know I why he wouldn't some. be. And Nikola Jokic, if he stopped playing today, would be a Hall of Famer. So, um, you know, it's one of the one areas in the, in, in the world where uh, the basketball player, not like the corporations. Remember, everyone that owns the teams and runs the teams, for the most part, is not black. Right. However, uh, the the athletes themselves that is the is, that is where it's carried the most. Um, you know, he's he plays a game. He's not. He doesn't talk a lot, so it's not like he's a guy that boosts him. Like he doesn't even care about right. it. Right. The guy wants to win and does whatever he needs to do to win, and everyone that plays with him loves him. So. uh Nicola is a, a bad, bad man. Avalanche are on a good run. Mm-hmm. You know, we're uh, Rockies are three and one in spring training. Chris Bryant a couple donks. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's 2022 all over again. And we're yeah, uh, optimism for optimism. Optimism is high. We got a new coach in Denver, offensive minded coach. We got Russ Wilson. Right. What are we doing? Who cares? F them picks, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I just want to say that. Nicola is uh is doing special stuff, man. Special yeah. stuff. He's probably I think, you know, you you watch the greats. I've always liked LeBron. You know, I, I didn't watch as much Jordan back in the day, but obviously I'm aware of his uh success in Dynasty and how good of a player he was. Um it's just different when they're on your team. You know, Jokic is probably my favorite player ever. You know, and it's it's just different. Like you appreciate guys as they go through teams, like you like you said, like Dirk Dirk the Dirk Nowitzki's. Like he'll always be, you know, a guy that I liked and thought was awesome. And but when they're on your team and you feel like you're witnessing something special that you may never see again in your lifetime, it's uh, you got to be tuned in, man, because it's it's worth watching for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's I, I watched Jordan. I, I'm a uh, um. I, and then I was was like 10, 10 or eleven yeah. during the Nuggets like initial run. So I got I got some old school favorites. Nikola Jokic is probably my like second or third. I mean, he's like yeah. he's in my Mount Rushmore of of Colorado athletes. Oh yeah, for sure. He is. Uh, Jordan will be my one just because he's like that was the era that he. Jordan made me yeah, love yeah. basketball, but For sure. he's my two. Um, the way he plays is just so 
it's elegant, right? Like uh, it's smart, it's efficient, it's effective. Um, he doesn't take away from his other teammates, which I, I think there is a, a lot to be said about a guy that can win one-on-one um, and drop 50 on a consistent basis. But it's the same as a little bit about the efficiency like Steph Curry plays with, right? Like rep, rep. Steph dominates and plays. Um, he doesn't play above the rim. He's a guy that plays from outside. He orchestrates a lot of stuff. He's super efficient for where he shoots the ball from. And Nikola is the same thing. And so I think uh, you have to appreciate those. And then when the guy is on your team, you know, uh, the, the Nuggets were pretty down after uh, yeah. you know, post Carmelo and, and taking some time and watching him grow too. And then him loving the, the team and the organization for, uh, you know, hashtag flyover city in the NBA means a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Gordon is a above the rim player. Can't, you know, he loves it here. Jamal is a is what would fit the narrative, and he loves it, right? And a lot of that is just Nicola is, is the one A, but his personality is the two B or whatever. Right, right, right. And everyone likes it, right? Like he's I'm going to work hard, I'm going to go to business, and uh, and we want to win. And I think when your best player again is the hardest worker, is the most selfless, takes the best coaching. Uh, like this team will win a championship. I, I think this year is as good a year as any. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it will be this year, but if that's the way that they'll dial it up, I have no doubt in the next three years or so, right? Like we'll uh, we'll be parading in Denver. Yeah, I think so. Feels special around here. It does. It does. You know, and then the Avs are you know made some made another couple uh, smart moves, and mm-hmm. I think the West got a little lighter while the East got a little heavier. Maybe they yeah. each other up again a little bit, and uh, they're hot right now. So. Um, Ballerina, they're doing some good stuff. Some good stuff. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're peaking now, it's about just about the right time to be yep. hitting your stride. I was a little worried the Nuggets had peaked too early, early in the season, and now they're like peaking again. So uh, now I'm not worried about that at all. It's you know when your peak is your standard, <clears throat> like it's it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. It's true. Well, uh, in our downtime, we've been doing. Uh, some mock off seasons, which has been a lot of fun. Um, Doc has the Fan Speak Ultimate GM uh, membership, and so we've been jumping on there and running through some scenarios of our own of uh, moves we could see the Broncos making in the off season. Uh, and I'm going to start with mine. We're going to get Doc and John's on the other side. Um. But let's start with, as I pull it up, one second. Uh, the initial move. So initial moves that I had really, made. Really quick. Really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, set the standard. So yes, Jolene, set the standard. Our friend Jolene um, created a, a fantastic big board. So that was the prerequisite one. Uh, we also had to make sure that it was set on difficult. Can't just run through <clears throat> trades on people. All that kind yep. of stuff, and then let other teams use different, uh, different big boards. So uh, we face different challenges for who is competing for who uh, in our layout. And so uh, now that the stage is set, JT run the gamut. All right. 
So kind of when you go through it, the first thing they let you do is make some trades. If you want to make some trades, that's kind of the first little uh, option for the beginning of the season. I made some trades. Uh, I traded, and this was hard. I didn't like doing this, but there's been some discourse around it. So I said, well, let's let's see what we can get. So I ended up trading, uh, sending Cortland Sutton to the New York Giants. Uh, and I ended up getting back a third round pick, number 37 overall. I don't know that you could get that. I think you could, though. I think I think Cortland, for the most part, is seen as valuable around the league. I think if a team was intrigued enough in him, he's young enough where you could, you know, if you wanted to sign him long term, that's an option you could do as well. Um, I didn't think if a third round pick was too much. I think it's borderline, but I don't think it's too much. Uh, and the other trade I made was Ronald Darby to the Cincinnati Bengals. And these were more like, uh, again, I've heard discourse around it a little bit. Um, and I wanted to see kind of what the value was out there. Uh, I got a fifth round pick from the Cincinnati Bengals, um, which also seemed fair. It didn't seem, uh, you know, as, as good as Darby is, he's coming off an injury. He has been consistent, but he's not, you know, a, a playmaker per se on your defense. I don't know if you could get that or not, you know, but the machine let me do it. So I did it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't, don't fight the power. What do you, what do you think about those? Just kind of the, the value there overall. I think it's debatable. Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's always like, what do you what do you do with it? So what's your plan, right? So you're moving off of of Sutton and Darby. Yep. Two good starters in the NFL at premium positions, I would say. So then the question is, what's your plan for value? If you were to look at just a try, I think you got good value for where they're at, especially Darby's coming off an injury. Um, I think that's, uh, I think those are, there was it would be shrewd moves, shrewd, shrewd. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, you know, it was a little bit me playing with kind of the narrative, which is like, okay, these are guys that you can see potentially on the trade block, wanting to mess with that a little bit. I didn't feel like either of them were like crazy, you know. Maybe a fifth for Darby is a little high just based on his injury history right now. Um, I don't know if people want to give that up, but also he's a known commodity. He's someone that. You know, for a team that is looking to be competitive, may just fill a gap nicely. I thought Cincinnati was a good pick. They lost Eli Apple. They're losing some secondary pieces. Um, if you want to bring some veteran stability back to that group, a guy like Darby would would probably be worth a, a third-day pick. Um, then beyond that, we it lets you re-sign uh, anyone that's uh upcoming free agent. Uh, and I did end up re-signing. Uh, sorry, yeah, Alex Singleton. Uh, for Sam, wish you told me the years. I don't remember. I think it was three years. Um, four four uh, million, four point three million, basically, a year. Um, it felt like. Uh, decent valuation. I, I looked on uh, Spot Track. They usually give you the, kind of a nice breakdown of like what 
mm-hmm. individuals are worth. Um, they didn't really have a, a set one on him. I think he's still, you know, I wouldn't say he was considered a top tier free agent. They don't always hit all of those guys. Um, but, you know, it's a three year deal bringing a guy that is, that was obviously really productive for us. Um, I don't know that he would get more than that in the open market. And, may, and maybe I overpaid. I'm not sure, but uh, it seemed like a fair deal. I brought back yeah. Andrew Beck. Uh, two years a mil uh, each year. Those were the two guys that I ended up bringing back. I tried to bring back um, our our. I tried to be bring back Calvin Anderson, <clears throat> and I had brought him back on previous ones, but I guess on this one I hadn't. Um, so I. I got outbid. I think he he signed somewhere else the first day of free agency. And then I tried to bring back um what's the other tackle? I'm forgetting his name right now with the Broncos. Cam Fleming. Fleming, thank you. God. Yeah. And he was I felt like he was way overpriced. I offered like uh like four and a half mil a year. Uh and I think I did two years. And he re- he rejected it. So oh, I was dang. like, I know I got rejected. Dang, that's <laughs> that's so I ended up uh, not getting anyone else resigned at the at that time. So Singleton and Beck were my my lone uh, holdovers. Uh, then you make some choices on the roster. So uh, at either cutting players or restructuring, I ended up having Garrett Bowles and Justin Simmons restructure to clear up some cap space. <clears throat> and I ended up cutting uh, Justin Chernod, Chase Edmonds, <laughs> Brett Rippon, Isang Bassey, and Christopher Allen, uh, which ended up giving... Oh, and I, and I restructured... Glasgow, which I probably shouldn't have done in hindsight. But in the moment, I was like, that's a big number, and I want it to be, I want more cap space, so I restructured it, but um, realistically, that probably wouldn't be a restructure. Interesting. Any issues with any of that so far? Yeah. What's your biggest issue? Come on. Uh, Well... My biggest one. No, I, I think it's interesting that Cam Fleming gave you the five figures to the face. Yeah, uh, I was like, whoa. Uh, apparently, uh, wanted more than five, uh, like five mil or more a year, which is probably fair. Like he, yeah, he he's been somewhat productive, but it's like also, I don't know. I feel like you got to go up the next tier if you're going to start paying. You know. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, no, I I concur. I think Andrew Beck was smart. Uh, I would have brought him back. I think for the price point, you need some depth there. A guy that's played before, pretty versatile, can catch, yeah. which in a Sean Payton offense would be pretty helpful. I don't know what to do with Graham either. I think that's a, a, I think that's an interesting play. Do you restructure, um, or do you do you do you move on? Do you you know? I think that one is yeah. the, that one's the debatable one. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's kind of one of those hard situations. Like, I think probably realistically, 
I don't know. I mean, you you probably try and gauge value if you if you, someone is finds that he's worth trading for, maybe you make that move, but probably just end up paying him and then moving on down the road. But yeah. Um. So those are the guys I brought back. Those are the guys who restructured. Now we went to free agency. Yeah, let's hit it. Uh, biggest. Well, I don't want to start with the biggest acquisition. Let's go in order <laughs> from least exciting to most exciting. All right. Uh, at least in my in my mind, uh, brought in Tayshawn Gibson safety as kind of an option. It, Assuming Kareem's not going to be back, which I think is the case. Gibson's not a guy that you had to pay top money for. I think I ended up mm-hmm. doing about three mil uh, for two or three years uh, on him. He's just a solid a solid guy that you can fill in, play starter minutes if you need him to. Also, it kind of provides some competition for Caden Stearns. I don't know what his future yeah. is with uh, this coaching staff. Um. But, you know, it gives you some depth at that position, I think, at the very least. Um, I also brought on a former Kansas City Chief, uh, Jarek McKinnon, a running back. Oh, snap. <clears throat> so I did, I cut Chase Edmonds, who I think is probably overall a better player and fits that role better. But Jarek mm-hmm. McKinnon's been successful in Kansas City, especially as a receiver out of the backfield. <laughs> That's something that the Broncos have needed um, for some time. You know, I think between Javante and Melvin, they were okay, you know, receiving passes. But McKinnon's definitely more designed for um, catching the ball in the backfield, running routes, et cetera. So I felt like that was a a solid addition. Uh, Apparently, I really wanted to sign more Chiefs, so I signed another Chief. uh, defensive lineman Derek Nandi, uh, Nadi. My boy. Uh, what's that? That's my boy, Florida State. Let's go. Yeah. <clears throat> He's, uh, I think, a little bit underrated on that defensive line. It's a good mm-hmm. defensive line, defensive front over there with Kansas City. But um, space eater, guy that, you know, can be a really strong rotational uh, defensive lineman at the very least. Uh, brought him on for about uh, a four mil a year over three years, I think. Yeah. The only thing that gives you the figures, it doesn't tell you the, the amount of years. And I did this a few days ago. So my apologies with that. <clears throat> um, Let's see. What's the next most excited one? I was excited about <laughs> this one. Um. So Broncos need offensive line depth. Yes. I not I wasn't particularly in love with the free agent class. So there are some tap tackles. I I'd put on put in some bids with McClinchy. Um got rejected there. Wasn't paying enough, apparently. Um so I shifted and I went to guard and signed Isaac Sumalo. Uh, guard for your your um I was gonna say Super Bowl your Super Bowl uh, participants <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles 
Uh, he was a little more pricey. He was about seven mil, uh, and I signed him for four uh, four years, I think. <clears throat> but bring some depth, brings a guy that can play to this interior offensive line. You're gonna lose Dalton Reisner. Um, I think the interior offensive line is just a big question mark right now. Besides minors, yeah. you know, and where he slots in, we don't even know at this point. Is he gonna play center? Is he gonna play guard? I guess time will tell. But Sumalo was a guy that can play, who has was part of one of the best offensive line units in the NFL last year. He knows at least, you know, if if this this uh, line is a little ramshackle at the moment, he's a good building block for that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was someone that I had really kind of keyed in after uh, getting so many rejections for offensive tackles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then my last notable move, I wanted to get a pass rusher, but I wasn't sure how big I wanted to go and how big the Broncos really realistically would go. Um, and I really toyed around with Davenport. Um, I don't know if they would be willing to pay that, that, uh, salary number at the end of the day, if they were going to pay a defensive player that money it'd probably be uh it would probably be why am i blanking god i'm having a a rough go of it nick yeah uh our defensive tackle our defensive lineman Draymond. i kept thinking dj jones i knew it was d and jones um you know i think if you're gonna sign someone you probably more likely especially if you're going to pay in that 12 to 14 million year range i think it's more likely that he would find his way back onto the roster so i left that alone and ended up snagging arden key and free agency who i think is a good piece i think he's a little bit unproven um but i got him for just over seven million a year uh, which he probably would go for more, potentially, um, but uh, just over seven million a year for three years, and felt good about that. Adding to some edge rotation, not a not a premier guy that's gonna necessarily. I mean, he's probably gonna play the majority of your your snaps at edge, but um, again, with the group that they have, they just need more beef uh, with that unit overall. Those are my biggest moves in the free agency. Any of those yet love or hate? I, you know, you had some sneaky, you had some sneaky good ones. Don't know that I would go for Arden Key. At that price point, I think I'm banking on uh, Aaron Browning. However, he did show ability to put his hand in the ground. Um, in a in a four down line set with Jacksonville, so you know what? Yeah, I don't know that that's not a good move. I do like uh, Derek Nadi. I think that that would help sure up some of the run defense. Yeah, uh, you know if you put you put him, DJ Jones, and Mike Brissell across that front, ain't nobody it's running. A stout, no, it's a stout ain't nobody running. No stout group. Um. I think probably some of the ones I missed out on. I I wanted 
to snag Jabril Peppers uh, instead of Tayshawn Gibson. I felt like he'd be a better fit. Uh, I think he ended up getting snatched up pretty easy or pretty early. I probably low-balled him and then he signed somewhere else. So I was kind of Tayshawn Gibson was my fallback. Mm. Um, I, I don't mind it, though. I mean, he's a, a veteran and got more range now than uh, than Kareem does. Uh, yeah. You think that P.J. Locke, you have uh, DeLarian Turner-Yell and Caden Stern still. So some of that can come in. It's probably been used to maybe more of a rotation feel. Um, I like it. I, I like that move. And I think, uh, it's, a, you know, it's a, a good, another veteran back there, uh, which would, would, to me would be, would be a smart move. Yeah. I think that safety position is a little bit in flux right now. It'll be interesting to see who kind of gets, and again, like with a new coaching staff, it's hard to know what players they'll end up, you know, valuing. So I could see a guy like Caden Stearns. I think he's valuable, but I think I could see a guy like Caden Stearns. Well, I guess Caden Stearns was that a was that a Peyton? That wasn't a George Peyton pick. Hmm. It was. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, but regardless, you know, now we've got a new coaching staff. Who knows where they'll see value? I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be at least a little bit of competition to see who fills in Kareem's spot during camp to see how that all shakes out. But uh. Yeah, I wanted to add one more piece to the secondary there. Uh, and I didn't end up bringing in any corners, which I kind of regret uh, since I sent out Darby. Um, but I do like the corners, obviously, are the, the corners we have in place, which are Sertan, who's uh, the best corner in the league, obviously. We all That's know true. this to be fact. It's big facts only. Big facts. And Mathis, I, I just think that they're okay there for now. Um, and then we have the draft. So I'll jump into my draft real quick. Let's hear it. Uh, I will say this was before JL Skinner got hurt, but he was my first pick. Uh, so with that pick four and round three, I grabbed JL Skinner, safety Boise State. So now with those you throw Skinner into that mix with that that group. Um, you know, I think now that he's hurt, probably would have time to to recoup and get his feet out underneath him. And then, you know, it's probably good that we picked that I picked up uh Gibson in free agency. Uh hmm. with the pick that I got from oh no, I must have got I don't remember. Oh, there were some trades in the draft too. So I, I traded the Miami Dolphins for the pick five of the third round for pick 14 and pick 21 of the third round. Uh, so with pick 14, I picked uh, offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Uh, top 10 tackle in, in most of the rankings that I've seen. Mm-hmm someone that can come in and and at least compete for uh, a position on that offensive line. If not, you know, a high depth position, position, a physical guy, good, some good tools, big, good size. Um, Ended up picking John Michael with one in the third round center out of Minnesota, Uh, you know, pretty regularly a top three center. Uh, in the rankings, a guy that 
uh, is reliable, probably someone that could fit in and bring some continuity to, the, to this offensive line too. Mm-hmm. And then with the last pick of the third round, I grabbed wide receiver Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. Oh, I like that. It's a good pick. It, kind of one of those guys that could probably come in since I shipped Cortland out, kind of come mm-hmm. in and compete um, for some depth, maybe, you know, year four, uh, wide receiver four spot, maybe wide receiver three spot, you know, with Cortland out of there. You got Judy, Tim Patrick, and then, you know, maybe Mingo's a guy that could push to be productive in that spot. Yeah. Uh, fourth round, had one pick, pick 14, and I picked up Egg, Ed, Egg, Edge, Derek Parrish, uh, out of Houston. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, he was a guy that kind of looked into him more. And he impressed me. And I didn't really he, – he hasn't really been on my radar. To be honest, I don't think I watched any games by Houston last year. Um, I think he's kind of got a short – I think this was his first year as a starter. Um, but he was productive in, in his one year. And so I think you're taking a little bit of a risk on a guy that's probably a project, but he's really a uh, high IQ, um, good technique guy. Uh, round five picked uh, Kytrell Clark, cornerback out of Louisville. Okay, and then another edge, Jose Ramirez, out of Eastern Michigan. Um, just trying to again kind of shore up that that edge group. Um, you know, I think a big um, point of emphasis this year is going to be getting that pass rush. To be more successful, um, I think Vance Joseph, you know, has had good success over the last five or so years as a coordinator, getting pressure on the quarterback, and so I think that's something that they'll stress. So I think the more guys you have to throw at uh, uh, opponents, then uh, the better. Then I grabbed in round five, pick twenty nine, wide receiver Jake Bobo out of UCLA. Bobo's just a he's a I think he's a little underrated. Um super productive, kind of a guy that's gonna move the chains, really good size, great hands. Um not an elite. It's one of my guys for sure. Not an elite athlete, uh by any means, but he you know, I watched watching some highlight film and whatnot. He was he he reminded me of uh Travis Kelsey in a way that he was always open. When when he was open, he was open, and guys were hitting. You know, his quarterback was hitting him, and uh, I think he'll be interesting to see. I, I think I'll be tracking him as the uh, the year goes on. And then with round six, pick eighteen, I picked up another one of my guys, uh, running back Mohammed Ibrahim out of Minnesota. I uh, love this kid. He, uh, I didn't know who he was until a few years ago. He had a massive game against Ohio State, uh, first game of the season, and uh, tore tore his ACL in that game. And I was heartbroken for him because he was absolutely destroying. Um, he's not a guy that has a lot of long speed. He's a guy that runs tough. He's gonna yeah. 
gets you tough yardage. Um, but he can block. You know, he's 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 got he checks a lot of boxes. So he's a guy that I would be willing to take a risk on. Arguably, you know, he'd probably a guy be a guy you could get in the seventh round, and and maybe in some cases he'll be an unrestricted free agent, but he's someone that I really like. So you go get the guys you like, right? Yep, it's true. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So I didn't say the other trade, but I had two trades that got me a few more picks in the draft. So just that round three, pick five for pick 14 and 21. And then Green Bay sent me an offer for the sixth pick in the fourth round. They sent me fourth round pick 14 and fifth round pick 15. So we're able to recoup some some draft picks. So it had, I thought it was a pretty nice uh, draft class, especially for, you know, no having no high draft picks necessarily. Ended yeah. up with with four uh, four uh four third round picks which was kind of fun yeah uh, i didn't anticipate that would be the an option but when uh when they were like oh you have two teams sending you trade offers i was like sweet gotta go with that <laughs> i so like some that, of those. i like i think skinner you know uh, barring where where the injury goes <clears throat> obviously i'm a schmidt i'm a schmitty uh, love yeah that. love mingo I think he's. I think he's toolsy. I think he's a guy that can push for some early reps. Uh, worst comes to worst, he's a a real good option next year. You know, maybe develops over the season. Um, and like I like some of the back end flyer guys. Again, I think you. Uh, it's not always about hitting on starters. It's about contributors, about guys that could you know uh, play special teams that have mm-hmm. versatility. So I thought you got some. Uh, some guys that you know come in and uh, do some different stuff. So I like it. I think it's a good draft. It's not you know it's not one of those sexy drafts where you're getting a whole bunch of right. uh, high flying talent all over the place. But that's not really what the team needs, and that they don't have the assets to do it. Mm-hmm. To get guys at at some key positions and come in and make some impact or build some depth to uh, help with some of the issues that we've had before. Yeah. There were some guys, I mean, that were there that I was interested in, like an Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I brought back Singleton, obviously. It didn't seem like a need to have him um, join the linebacking unit. And so I, I ended up going Skinner at the time. He's he's kind of one of my guys, too. So not probably no surprise that I picked him. This was before he was hurt. I don't know that I would have taken him at the same spot. Um, but that's not to say I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I think if you feel good about what you've got at the safety position, at least for this year, you know, I think he's a guy that you could develop pretty quickly to be an impactful player. I mean, his play style is he's a high IQ guy and he is physical, you know, he's, he's basically, uh, you know, a younger, more athletic Kareem. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) bigger, right? And bigger, yeah, and bigger. Yeah. He's a big guy too. Yeah, so. you know, the draft isn't always about what what what's the need today. What's the need in yesteryear, right? Like, what what are you going to need moving mm-hmm. forward to compete in this division? You do need some big physical guys that can manage tight ends, etc. I think the league is moving that way. So, guys in the back end that can play, you never have enough of them. It's true. Uh-oh. So. Yeah, I think my biggest concern after coming out of it 
is that right tackle still? You know, I think I didn't end up getting uh, Calvin or Cam back. So I ended up just drafting Bergeron, hoping that he could kind of fill that need. But that's a it's a big ask for a rookie, especially with a quarterback like Russ. Um, it's going to take some it takes some getting used to to mm-hmm. to block for a guy like him. So it's kind of a big question mark there still. Um, probably don't feel quite as good at corner as I'd like to after going through it uh, since I shipped off Darby. Uh, I don't feel terrible about it, you know, but a, a late, like a fifth round draft pick doesn't really give me much hope that that's really going to be covered by that necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. I feel okay about the interior offensive line with drafting Schmitz, getting Sumalo, Sumalo, and um, having Miners. I feel like that's a solid interior. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. It's definitely not a perfect mock off season. I don't know that there is a perfect mock off season. Um, but I liked some of the pieces. I liked the way it played out. I'd be, I'll probably do it, you know, a dozen times between now and when free agency starts just to kind of see how it plays out each time or what, um, they're projecting people's value are or value is, but. At the end of the day, I'm 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 satisfied. Yeah, you know what I think. I think you got to hope that health is a. I think for this team anyway, right? We got to hope that health is is better or good. Yeah, and because there's talent on this team that didn't get realized last year. For sure, sometimes the moves you got to make are a little bit more fiscally sound than than that. You know, if you're the Jets and you're terrible and have a bunch of money, you just throw around money a whole bunch. I'm glad we started with mine because it's probably going to be the most boring off season. For sure, mine's way better. Yeah, yours is going to be yours is going to be <laughs> fireworks everywhere. But uh, let's take a break here, and uh, I'm going to exit. But Doc and John are going to be in on the other side. They're going to go over their mock off seasons as well. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. Welcome back. We didn't uh, talk about how we're going to do that. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm going to go ahead and lead the floor to you, my man, John. Why don't you let us know what your mock offseason look like using the fan speak ultimate GM simulator. Boom. Hashtag plug. You know, the to be honest, I really love this fan uh, speak, uh, g- you know, general manager taking the whole process um, you know, I have to admit, I feel like uh, after doing the, you know, going through the combine in a little bit, I, I would go back and redo some of this. Mm-hmm. But for now, uh, I'll leave it where I had it pre combine. And uh, for what I did for roster moves uh, for for signing um, or for restructuring players, we'll start with there. I did restru- restructure Garrett Bowles. He was comfortable with it. We had a good talk. He was <laughs> he, he's doing well. Justin Simmons was also open to it. It's just a figure. He was comfortable with it. 
Good. Uh, Ronald Darby, he kind of felt like, you know, uh, this was his, he knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be asked from uh, Peyton. And uh, again, he, you know, for someone like himself, he needs another year to prove that he's well in order to get a uh, substantial deal of two to three years for his, you know, end of his career back end. And then I did give a final, um, a restructure to Graham Glasgow, uh, see what, you know, he can do maybe with a uh, Sean Payton run offense. It's a, He likes his bigger linemen. You know, again, this is uh, his final year, so this should be something where he's going to be hungry. This is going to be a prove-it year for him. Um, and at this point, uh, without knowing where I was in, um, you know, where I was going with the draft or if there was going to be someone available in free agency at guard or center, I felt comfortable uh, doing a restructure with Graham Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did do a transition tag with Andrew Beck. I'm not quite sure where uh, Sean Payton sees him at this point, but I think he does have value as that uh, H-back kind of who can do some some fullback and do some tight end, all your, you know, be able to be on all your special team units. Um, I, I, I do feel comfortable with having uh, Andrew Beck back, uh, even if, you know, uh, Sean Payton doesn't find him a use for him uh, at that time. Um, when it came to, you know, re-signing some of these players, I did go out and re-sign uh, Alex Singleton. I was able to get him for four million dollars per year, um, nice. and I think uh, it was about. Uh, I did a, two, I did a two year deal with him, uh, I, and I think that's pretty fair uh, when it comes to Alex Singleton. Uh, sure, you probably could get him a, a little bit cheaper. You mm-hmm. know, strong arm him. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about him. Uh, you know, at that price point for two years, I think again the. the the difference was I could go cheaper, but I'd have to give him that extra year. And I wasn't quite willing to do that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Judy, I felt like at this point uh, w- with the way the receiver room is, is going, I went ahead and uh, re-signed him actually. And, you know, since the Broncos had the option to do so, and I got him down to uh, about, you know, a $7 million uh, number for cap hit at least. Um, which is significantly lower than what he he really will be able to to get in at. But I was able to do a five year deal on that. Uh, Deshaun Williams uh, transition tag as well, I believe. Uh, just an easy guy to get there. Um, probably overspent for Jaquan Johnson, the safety from the Browns, that uh, to kind of compete with Stearns. I just have a lot of injury concerns with Stearns. Believe me, if if he was healthy all at all times. I think the Broncos would be very comfortable rolling in with him um, and, you know, would be fine moving on uh, from Kareem Jackson. But now they're still, you know, do you bring back Kareem Jackson for, you know, one year, one million, one year, two million dollar deal? Um, some people are starting to question that. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely wanted a safety to bring in for security at least. Uh, besides that chase Edmonds, I'm hearing the Broncos want him and it sounds like he wants to be back. It just feels like a deal's about to ha- is going to happen. Do, do you, do you, real quick, you know, I know you have your mock, uh, you're mm-hmm. coming up. What is your feeling on chase Edmonds coming back? If, if he has an option, let put the money aside. Uh, let's say it's a reasonable deal. What, what's, what's your feeling after seeing him for those couple games and, yeah. and that little, that little bit. I I would feel comfortable with him and like Latavius Murray. Yeah. You you, you know, you drafted a late round guy and then hopefully you get, you know, Jamal, 
Javante Williams? Javante. There, Javon- go. there I we may go. Have gave some insight into someone that I picked up, but um, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I just looked into like I just looked at my screen. So yeah. all right. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I did uh I did bring in Jamal Williams. But that I is think, uh, that's fantastic, by yeah. the way. I did try to get him, could not get him for the yeah. price tag that was uh under you know three and a half. So I'll just be honest, that was a little yeah. too high price, but Thank you for the tidbit, but yeah, I do love him. Yeah. I feel like he's going back to Detroit after hearing yeah, Swift. Probably. Um, he should. But again, this, you know, when we've yeah. made this, it's, you know, it depends and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, I really like that name. And as you said, combined with Chase Edmonds kind of being that third down receiving back kind of idea. Yep. Yeah. I think, and I think that those are good. That's a good pairing. I don't, I wouldn't want him to be the bell cow, but <laughs> him being a part of a room, I think he can bring a lot. Um, so I'd be a fan of him coming back at an appropriate number for sure. Yeah, it's just again one of those things where uh, I feel like he can bring a lot of receiving options, and and then again uh, work with the different type of backs that that the Broncos already have. I did overpay here for Cameron Fleming. Uh, I feel like he had a fantastic year last year. I don't care what anyone says. I understand he's not who people want as the offensive tackle at right guard, or excuse me, at right tackle. Uh, he's always been a Band-Aid for a lot of people. He was a Band-Aid last year as well. There, there's no denying that. Uh, but he's been a darn good Band-Aid, to, to say the least, I feel like, especially last year where um, I think he played the best out of all the Broncos' offensive linemen. So I, I did kind of reach for him at, at $5 million. I don't think he'll cost that much. I think he's going to be more in the $2 million range. Uh, but for some reason, he was really difficult to get on fan speak. Um so, you know, for that, uh, that that was one of the other ones. And then I brought in uh, from Arizona, Zach Allen, a defensive lineman, big guy, someone hopefully to help uh, replace what's going on with uh, the loss of uh, it's Draymond Jones. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I really do believe that $20 million cap, uh, you know, that $20 million is what Draymond wants to get. That That's what he believes uh-huh. he's worth. Um, will it come down a little bit? Possibly, yeah, but I still think $18 million is as low as he's going to go. Um, and I just don't think the Broncos are going to want to budge on that uh, just because I just I just don't see that being what uh, George Payton wants to do. And and I see also uh, similar with Sean Payton. You know, he hasn't seen this guy as, as much. He hasn't, uh, you know, he's only done it through being a broadcaster. So I, I just don't see it, it working out quite much quite uh for draymond jones uh then i went to the to the draft um i i thought i went into this if no one made me an offer i'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna go ahead and go with it um because i you know even though i feel like the the broncos are personally gonna go seek out uh some trades um i don't uh, i personally just find it difficult to to make it a fair trade would i like to trade lloyd cushionberry yeah i would love to but i was getting a little high of value. I felt like I was able to get from the Browns a fourth, a fifth, a sixth and a seventh. And I've just felt found that to be ridiculous. And I, I just felt wrong kind of trading some pieces that were getting too much value. What, what's your opinion on that when it comes to mocks? Um, you know, I, is it more about like saying, Hey, th- this is, 
I want to show the players that I'm interested in the in, coming in the draft. I'm just giving you names, giving you an idea of who I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not really focusing on saying that's a real predict, you know, real situation yeah. that's going to happen. No, for this one, I went and got guys that I wanted that I thought would be good for the roster. Not necessarily. I did try and think about what would be good schematically, mm-hmm. um, but not not a full fledged. Here's who I think that the Broncos would be interested in. It's who I based on my perception of the team because yeah it's i'm the ultimate gm this time exactly and i was trying to do, see so i was doing something a little bit diff- different i was trying to see what the broncos would do um think of more of it that way and i just feel like at this point uh the broncos are going to take care of things in-house uh mostly uh, so when it came to the draft uh no trades here uh just no one no one offered anything very uh you know worth the the <laughs> worth the the sack of money really essentially uh center is going to become an issue um i i feel so uh john michael schmitz out of minnesota at 67 i think all everyone um in in the football you know draft landscape agrees he's uh you know one of their draft crushes that they want him to fall they keep thinking he's going to be oh i i just hope he's, he's going to make it to third round for my team so you know what? We're gonna hope he makes it to the third round for the Broncos as well. Next, uh, we got a guy who did really well in the combine in Brian, uh, or excuse me, in Blake Freeland out of B- mm-hmm. BYU. Uh, had that huge uh, thirty-seven inch vertical um, break. I think it was all-time record for uh, an offensive lineman. Uh, there was sure a lot was. of records broken uh, yesterday, and you know he he's just, he's just very athletic. Um, you know, and again, he is he's in my mind, you know, big guy, he's, you know, around six, six, if I'm, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, next set, you know, all the way waiting again to pick one Oh eight is Julius Brents, uh, cornerback, uh, Kansas state. I think this is a guy who you kind of wait and develop. He's uh, your outside kind of guy who can play a little bit of your inside. Um, so that's someone that you're wanting to kind of, again, having your pipeline ready just in case Mathis is hurt. And for again, for when Darby departs coming this after this year in my mock in my mock. Uh, next at 141, I have Jared Clark, the uh, coastal coastal Carolina defensive lineman. Big man. He's just a big mm-hmm. guy, space eater. Want him to eat some blocks so uh Josie Jewell and, and Alex Singleton can go ahead and, and go eat, you know, and get, yep. make those tackles that all these different guys are now all of a sudden accumulating, you know, 140, all those different tackles. Well, here's, here's one of your meat and potato guys that can uh, take care of that for you. Uh, in the sixth round, uh, I then went ahead and picked uh, more of a player. I just wanted to spotlight because it was my, my final pick. Uh, and that's um, Jack Coletto. He is from Oregon state. He has played quarterback there, um, hmm. but then he switched a little bit to uh, running back and fullback played some tight end he's played some linebacker and you know moved around a little bit when he's needed to uh to play a little bit of kind of more of a cover cover linebacker role uh so he's just a guy who i feel like um last year we had troy uh anderson who from montana state that everyone felt like was that gadget guy that could do everything i feel like he's the guy that fits in this year no he's not going to go in the six uh in round six He's going to be a, a round seven guy for a team that believes in, in in someone like that who can do different things, which is something that Sean Payton has done in the past. We look at Taysom Hill, someone who can pass the ball, can do different things, uh, really just an, a, a football player. And I think that's similar to what you get in Coletto. 
um, personally. So I feel like uh, that'd be something Sean Payton would be interested in, uh, at least, you know, taking a look at, especially if the Broncos, again, make more trades where I, I didn't go ahead and make those trades. Uh, the, the Broncos are definitely going to be willing to, you know, move back and accumulate more picks. So I really like him. And I feel like, uh, again, he makes a, a sense for Sean Payton. I like that. Yeah, How, do you feel? You know, How would you grade your own mock? I would honestly give us because I, I had to go with what was given around me. Um, I give myself a C minus. I think that this was would be a very um, timid offseason for the Broncos. Honestly, um, they're losing a lot of players. Um, just kind of more restructuring. Um, to be honest, it's just not not enough additions, and they still would have to do a lot of additions going into phase two of free agency, which is kind of that after um, the the draft is done and you fill in those holes. I, I think the Broncos would be in that kind of position mostly where they that's how they have to fill their roster. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot riding on a lot of one-year deals, which is risky. So to be honest, I think I'm at a C-. minus. Uh, I, I took this one as – being as fair as I could and, and lived with my mistakes. And that's kind of what I went with. You know, Hey, I appreciate the honesty, you know? Yeah. Um, who knows, right? If, uh, if this is a, let's save some assets for 2024, let's just see where we're at kind of year. Then that's that what I want to do. That'd be some good moves. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I see with the Broncos. They need to see where they're at with Sean Payton, how he's gelling with, uh, Russell Wilson, if they feel with the pieces surrounding them, if that's going to be enough. And again, there's some players like Zach Allen, who I feel is is like a Draymond, or not a Draymond, is more of a, a Derek Wolf kind of player. Um, you're not going to see, you know, a lot of outstanding plays. He's not going to take over games, let's say, but he's going to be a solid contributor throughout the entire game instead of having those just big jump at you uh, drive through all of a sudden he has three sacks, uh, which I feel is more Draymond Jones kind of style. Yeah. I like it. I think, you, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go C minus in the end, right? Like it depends, but I think if you're able to get a starter of that caliber in Michael Schmidt, um, pretty early, I think that that's a big area of need. So, um, just that, just that one piece, I think would be really great. Um, but now we're going to take a in in segment break, I'm gonna go ahead and try a beer before I give you mine. So, um, I went with the electric sunshine, electric sunshine. yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's fruit tart ale, ale with papaya, pineapple, kiwi, and huckleberry. I think maybe we've had this before, but it's been long enough, I don't remember. Uh, it's vibrant and colorful paradise, bright notes of papaya, pineapple, kiwi, and huckleberry deliver a satisfying zap into your taste buds. Enjoy a little taste of sunshine. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. I actually think I made that joke the last time, maybe. Um, <laughs> 5.7 ABV. Uh, overall light, pretty sweet can. Makes me feel like if you look outside in Colorado, it's like it's super nice. It's a little windy, yeah. so it's not exactly warm, but it doesn't look bad. So I'm going to go ahead and pop this bad boy, give it a quick taster, Let's and go right in to my stuff. Because that, that's how I imagine GMs like manage their draft war room you know is like not like suits and ties but like they all got beer and stuff yeah <laughs> it's the pop ready they do oh, oh, oh. oh good that's one a good one that's a good cheers thanks huh?
don't know what huckleberry tastes like, but pretty good. You know, that's the thing. I, I've had things with a lot that say huckleberry in them, and I have no idea what huckleberry tastes like. So I'm just like, you know what? This is it's not sugary, terrible. sweet kind of thing. Yeah. The berry. Huckleberry, sure. <laughs> wonder if they're going to get that in the, the new crunch berries, but not too bad. I say small dub. It's really fruity. So, um, and it's pretty, pretty drinkable. It's too much flavors for me. It's kind of weird, but it's definitely, um, it's the huckleberry, you know, a little bit what it complex. does. It's just yeah, so, that, so crazy. That and the papaya. It's a, it's a lot to manage, but, uh, but I'll drink it. So it can't be that bad if I'm still going to finish it. It's not too I'm bad. Still, I'm, too- I'm trying to figure out why they're saying it's electric though. That's a good, I, I got nothing. I don't know. Not to. The, we'll they we'll got us with some good marketing. Show. Yeah. It's a cool name, though. All right, all right. Now, the long-awaited doc. So, a couple things that I did firsties. As I restructured two players. So, Ronald Darby, Garrett Bowles. Restructured those folks um, to lower their cap hit. Additionally, I moved around. Um, exactly no one else. So I, <laughs> that was the, the gist of it. Didn't cut anyone else really, um, brought everyone back. Sorry. The only cut that I had was Corliss Waitman. Um, just cause I yeah. think that we get a better punter and I'll talk about that here in a minute. So oh, you, you first have move, someone in mind. Yeah. Before I, um, I went into free agency and made a couple tradesies. So I was able to trade Lloyd Cushenberry to the Atlanta Falcons for fellow underachieving center, Matt Hennessy, uh, guard Jalen Mayfield, formerly of your Michigan Wolverines, and a fifth-round pick, number 26th selection in the fifth round. Um, I also, much to your chagrin, traded Graham Glasgow for a fourth-round pick. Um, first, The first pick in the fourth round is Chicago, their offensive line neediness. Um Allowed me to reshape the room a little bit. So from there, entered free agency uh, with a pretty good bit of coin. So I got upwards like $44 million, I believe, something like that. Um, first thing I did was uh, restructured or extended uh, Jerry Judy also. So about 16 and a half a year. I bet it'll probably be upwards of that. But a $10 million cap hit first year. I brought back Andrew Beck. On a $1 million deal. I also went out there and uh, brought back Alex Singleton. I thought that that was a smart move. I also got him. Um, I think I signed him for two years, $12 million. Um, but the cap hit was about 3.9. So I think I it was about 40% in guarantees. Most of that hit in the first year. So if he doesn't perform this year, move on. Brought back Calvin Anderson. Nice. Um, I thought, you know, a, a young guy. Uh, can still help. Um, then externally, I went out and uh, got Zach Allen. So offered him a uh, four-year, $40 million deal. Uh, so about $6.3 million cap hit. I can't believe we, we both went with Zach Allen, yeah. though. I just you can't know, believe I, it. You know, I think it makes sense with the with the Vance connections. He was really good last year. Yeah. Uh, kind of coming into his own. So I think that that would be... Uh, that would be a move that would make sense for me. Uh, yeah. Again, on the defensive line, so I went and added a few more bodies. So these two are former higher picks and underachievers. So I brought in Tristan Hill, 
former Dallas Cowboys second round pick. Um, two a two year four million dollar deal. Um, so one point six cap hit, and then I also brought Solomon Thomas in uh, a one year prove it deal at three million. So I added some um, just some beef up front. Yeah, so I feel pretty good about the depth there up front, along with some of the uh, you know the younger. So I did let Deshaun Williams go, and then obviously um, Draymond left. So uh, kind of brought in three vets to fill those voids. And then offensive line, went and attacked that also. So I brought in Juwan Taylor, uh, four-year, $41 million deal, uh, first-year, $7 million cap hit. Uh, and then I went and, went and got Ethan, is it Pochich? Uh, the Posick? center? Is it Posick? The the center, am I yeah. thinking you're right? Yeah. yeah. Uh you know me. Po- I'm not gonna go Pasik. Yeah. Pasik. Um if you know him and want to correct me, feel free. Yeah. Feel free. Uh I he was a guy that from LSU, I believe, uh really underperformed until last year. Thought he uh had a good season. Um so you know, right tackle in Juwan Taylor does have injury history, but young athletic guy who um, has a lot of starting experience. So ideally, that would be a uh, a Juwan, um, Juwan James type of swing, but uh, Juwan Taylor doesn't have the... They're swing. spelled differently. We're good. <laughs> yep. And so uh, then I also brought in Jeff Swaim uh, just as a veteran backup tight end. So uh, I thought that would help kind of come in and, uh, you know, a guy that can do both. Not necessarily outstanding at one, but you don't need him to be. Uh, so yeah. you have your pass catching guy in Albert Okuwekunam, uh, and then you have your uh, up and coming great Dulcich, and then you got Jeff Swain, who I think is a a better version of you know Nick Vanette or um, help me out here, Sobert, who we've had over the last couple of years. Same kind of yeah. Thing. So so I thought that that was helpful. I uh, went into the draft, then I did make a couple of trades. So I did get a couple offers. So uh, first trade I had was fourth round, the sixth pick overall uh, to Pittsburgh for their eight, for their fourth round pick and their two seventh round picks. And then additionally traded back from pick four in the third round to pick 13 and picked up an extra fourth. So I was going in with a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks. Uh, which I'm pretty excited about. So first, yeah. I also brought in John Michael Schmidt Center. So I decided we're not going to have issues on the interior. So when I went and got Pasich, 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 and then also made the deal for um, Tennessee and Mayfield. So three interior uh, offensive linemen with the capability or ability to play center. And then you bring in John Michael Schmidt, to be honest with you. Whoever gets there, gets there. Uh, I yeah. think for the most part, most players that can play center can play guard. So uh, you have a little bit more of a versatile um, group. Mayfield has also played tackle. He played tackle a little bit at Michigan. So uh, potentially a swing guy also. So uh, feel like the offensive line, bringing back Calvin, uh, feels pretty good. So I'm going to go ahead and leave that alone. And then with my third round, my, my third round pick, the second third round pick, got Tajay Spears. Ah, nice. Showed really well at the Senior Bowl. Um, provides um, quite a bit of oomph in the in the backfield. So thought that that was necessary. And, uh, really like what he'll bring. 
went back out and uh, got Tucker Craft tight end, South Dakota State. Thought that would be another addition to kind of compete for the third tight end with uh, Albert Okuwegbuna. Uh, Alberto yeah. can be kind of a big slot, so uh, you probably don't even need him to line up inside. So you could kick him outside, to be honest with you, and see how that goes. But uh, liked what he brought. I thought he had a really good combine, which um, helps solidify some of those questions. Yeah, he so. did have a good combine, and I think he he really could push Alberto Okuwegbuna on his way yeah. out. To be honest, yep. You know, and if that's the case, maybe you got a you know training camp deal that you make, or yeah. Of course. And, you know, there's there's probably no harm in cutting Albert O at this point, too. So made the best uh, player win. I uh, went back to the defensive line. 15th pick in the fourth round. Got Colby Wooden out of Auburn. Good experience. I think good size. Can play um, a little bit of three or a five technique. It's like that. And then one of my favorite players, one, because I root for Florida State, two, because I think he's really versatile. Jamie Robinson, safety. Uh, yeah. He has a lot of experience in the nickel. Um can come in and uh, and help support that group. Doesn't necessarily have to start right away. Uh, just good attitude, good overall teammate. Uh, reminds teams. me reminds me of PJ Locke a little yeah. bit, um, yeah. but I think that he has more upside. Obviously, yeah, a little bit. More. Yeah, I think he has pretty good ball skills, but a guy that's not afraid to make tackles, which they played him uh, quite a bit in the box um, in Florida, that Florida State, and he uh, he performed really well. D Winters, linebacker, TCU. I uh, thought, uh, you know, good, probably special teams uh, back up year one. Let's see how he pans out. Uh, right. So that was the feel like that up. Justin Stranod yeah. kind of guy mm-hmm. that you're you're hoping that something yeah. kind of turns into got that. some got some tools, needs to add some weight. Um, but I you know TCU is a good program, got some pretty good coaching. Uh, so, you know, and, and had a lot of experience and coverage. So I think that there's something to hopefully maybe bring uh, bring there. Then when I went back to back in the in the fifth and sixth round. With wide receiver, so Jaden Reed, Michigan State, good speed, uh, and then Jake Bobo, who uh, JT also took in his mock draft. Um, yeah, a chain mover, as uh, as Mister um, JT would say. So brought those guys in to compete in kind of the that's bottom. that's the kind of those are the guys you just throw. You know, you you can tell it's a blitz, hot read. You know yep. what he's going to do. Just get the ball out quickly. You're throwing at an area where you know the receiver is going to be, and you trust them. Yep. And I think that's great uh, with with both of them, especially Bobo. Yep. So I, you know, I thought that that was uh, helpful. And then I went special teams specialists with my two seventh round picks. So I got um, Jack Podlesny okay. out of Georgia, and then punter Adam Karsak from Rutgers. So two of the go. higher rated players at their positions. Some competition for Brandon McManus. And as I said, I cut our punter. So I went and got a punter. That hey, was and then you can still bring in another punter, uh, UDFA. And, yeah, you'll bring a UDFA guys, if those guys And they're both going to be on sequel, you know, equal ter- you know, level. You can't say the seventh round is so much more better, you know, than the UDFA. And then you have two guys go at it and, and the, may the best man win. Or you learn that they're not one of the guys. And then you go ahead and sign one of the proven vets that, you know, is like that. And uh, I like okay. I like that kind of situation. And again, I, I like the situation where you give McManus, um, you know, you got to give him competition at this point. It, it's, it was a rough year. And, it, you know, we hope that it's not the same year, but he's making a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. Come perform at camp or we'll find someone else who can be average kicking the ball. So um, just some just some notes 
because I didn't mention them. So I obviously brought Jamal Williams in instead of Latavius Murray. I did bring back uh, Chase Edmonds. I didn't restructure just because it's the one-year deal. Um, so I left that alone to let him come off the books after this season. Yeah. And then um, I thought that it was important to, to, to kind of leave the edge room. So uh, I did bring back several players, including um, Jacob Martin. So yeah. I, I thought that that was something to be able to uh, to continue to have. Then you in, in the inside linebacker room, I felt like is is pretty solid. And hopefully the offensive line is addressed. We shall see because it's all dependent on health. But uh, overall, feel pretty uh, feel pretty good about my my off season. And yeah, it, what do you what do you grade yourself with uh, with no, two and a half million, almost three million. Sorry, so two point eight nine five million for um, going into training camp. So if you got to sign someone to a vet men deal, you can. You still got guys you can restructure. Uh, so overall. I feel pretty good about it. I think one area that I didn't really address was getting some youth at corner. I like that you did that. Um, so I kind of went with uh, with the the top four that the Broncos have now, um, along with the saying Bassey. And then, you know, that was kind of the just didn't get anyone in uh, in free agency also. So outside really of Jamie Robinson, not a lot of uh, not a lot of fresh blood in that in the secondary meetings, but you hope that that's going to be enough. I also didn't get a vet quarterback, which I think that the Broncos will do, which maybe would have been a good plan. However, uh, I think really putting assets up front on both offensive line and defensive line uh, is one, something that Sean Payton would do. And I think it's something that I would do. Yeah. So I think that's uh, not too, not too shabby. And then, you know, some depth for some planning on guys. If Jamie Robinson plays really well, right. PJ Locke, plays pretty well you have some leverage with a guy like justin simmons not that i would encourage that but it just gives you opportunities uh colby wooden also right and if either of the you know tristan hill or solomon thomas if either of them finally you know the light goes on uh you kind of have really a, a high upside play which um which then not only helps you replace the production of a draymond jones but some of the lack of production from uh, from the other uh, D line spot, uh, it also allows you to go, um, you know, maybe get some more athletic players up front in a in a three man look. You can kind of move guys around that kind of stuff. So um, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Brought in some youth at tight end and a vet, so I'd give myself like a B. Um, yeah, the roster hasn't you... dramatically changed, but I, I think that the offensive line and defensive line. Uh, are reshaped. I did have to, you know, uh, Posich is a one-hit wonder, kind of, and uh, um, Juwan Taylor is uh, injury risk, which we've all we all know that Billy Turner and John, and like that's that's our that's our thing. And then Matt Hennessy hasn't performed too well, but neither Lloyd Cushenberry. So I thought that that was a good good move. So kind of banking on. And I think coaching to get some development. I think Sean Payton likes his, his lineman a little bit bigger and, you know, I, you know, stockier. So I think that works more towards Tennessee anyway. Um, So I think that's a good, good trade there. Um, Just because again, uh, I think Cushenberry is more of that, you know, hasn't put on that, that strength and that weight that we were looking for as a rookie, 
And uh, I think Hennessy already has that on him. And and the Broncos, you know, tried to get Hennessy, but just weren't able to due to, you know, why Michael Ojemudia, which we saw how that turned out in the end. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, any other thoughts about mine? Anything you liked, didn't like? You know, I just thought that it was great that you got the picks. I think that was one of the key things that's really going to happen. Um, I think if I were to go back and redo this, uh, definitely would change how, how I would approach it. Uh, I felt like I went a little bit too heavy with, uh, I, I think that, you know, um, but you know, certain guys were going to be here in Denver. So I, I have to, I have to get them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, especially when it comes, you know, to Cam Fleming, like I, I didn't really need to reach that hard to get him, honestly. Um, just in, in general, I probably tried too hard to get players that I thought would be on the roster versus what would be efficient for the cap and would make sense if the Broncos couldn't get those players at the numbers that they wanted. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, it, Cam Fleming is a much cheaper and probably right, like at, probably a more dependable player at this point in time. You know what you're going to get versus high upside, but high volatility. So I don't think that there's anything and like your strategy was definitely in a way light in the waters. Hopefully health kind of resets this roster and if it doesn't, then we're going to have more money to to mess with next year. Yeah. I don't I, there's I, anything wrong with that? I, I definitely went much more all in this year, yeah. um, you know, rebuilding the offensive line and the defensive line, leaving the secondary alone, essentially. And in um, linebacker rooms, kind of the, you bring in your two starters back from last year and just hope that that defense again will be good enough with similar personnel. Uh, you know, Zach Allen switching out for uh, Draymond Jones. So that is, a, I would say, a little bit of a loss, but maybe a more predictable player. Not as flashy, but, uh, you know, probably a little bit better against the run, et cetera, less risks. I think the offensive line is better. I didn't bring in any real competition at wide receiver. So hopefully Court and Sutton another year removed in a more um, – you know, uh, a solid offense with more identity will have a more consistent season. And I hope Tim Patrick comes back. There's a lot of hope from those things that uh, I think both of us are banking on that they won't be as injured as last year. And if so, we feel pretty good about it. If not, you're set up much better for the next, you know, for, for 2024 than I am. I definitely got a lot on the books still. Yeah. And I, again, I think that a lot of this is, can Sean Payton and Russell Wilson get on the same page if they feel like they they're in uh, a good good page? Uh, they're they're doing things uh, well in tandem and working with each other. Then I think that's where you go next year, the year the following year, and you finally have all your draft capital and you have more going for you. And then you can just go out, get the guys you need, and, and get down to business for real and and say, hey, look, now we have this three year window. Let's let's close it out and get get a Super Bowl on the books for the for all of us. Yep. Yep. I think that's great. Any final uh, final words before we can put together this uh, hodgepodge of awesomeness out for? No, I just think that we probably have to do uh, another one of these where we kind of give ourselves maybe some um direction where you know certain certain things have to happen maybe or something like that where you know the, the fans can tell us you know we can have them give us uh certain scenarios i think that'd be really fun sure. to, to give a give a try i'm all about it all about it i appreciate you brother uh Thank it you. was fun it was fun so we'll uh 
We'll also put a little bit of some poll action. Who not that kind of poll action, but uh, <laughs> Twitter poll action to see who who liked who's off season the best, who had the best one. Uh, John, uh, myself, or JT. So we'll put that up. We will get this posted as soon as possible, and then get some uh, interactive stuff out there. So we appreciate you listening, uh, definitely. And you know, for agencies a week away, right? Tampering period starts on Monday, I believe. So yeah, uh, exciting stuff. So stay with us, you know, throughout, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be giving not only our takes on how the Broncos are doing and where they're going, but sweet beer too. So you know, go good luck trying to find that somewhere else. We appreciate you and uh, take care of one another. And as always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.